as has been our tradition uh, over all these years, uh, because you guys came uh, out uh, on this chilly evening, uh, we have a New Year's Eve gift for you. I want to uh, introduce you uh, to our SP mask. And so, so you get a mask today. There's a, there's a verse in there, hopefully for the year. And uh, um, this actually is developed by a friend of mine uh, in Australia. And so it's uh, like hypoallergenic. Um, it's, uh, uh, what are some other good healthy stuff? Uh, this, maybe I should read this. Um, but I, I've, I've, worn, I've been wearing this mask. Uh, actually, don't think I'm gross, okay? I don't know if I, but this whole year of 2022, I've worn two masks. That's it. These masks. Because you can, you can clean them. Don't worry. You, 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 yeah. You, you can clean them regularly. And so it's good for the environment. But they're, uh, uh, what's this? they don't smell. What's, what's that? What do they call that? Like, let me read this. Yeah, something. I don't want to open this. Any case. So, but they're specialized. There's different sizes, okay? So when you go back, there's different sizes and there's different colors. And so generally speaking, like me, uh, I am, I, like a large is good for me. If your face is a little bigger than my face, then you should be, you should, I know it sounded bad. You should go for an extra large, okay? And it, it fits really well. Ladies, probably a medium. Um, are there any smalls there? Okay, medium. Kids, there's kid sizes as well. And so um, I think you could probably pick, the kids can pick it up tomorrow or go to the office. But uh, they're really good. There's uh, a lot of good properties. You can keep washing them. Like I said, I've worn two masks the whole year, and uh, they've done quite well. And so uh, make sure you get one on the way out. A reminder, uh, our 21-day fast uh, is starting on Monday. Amen. Come on, church. Right? So Monday we begin our journey of 21 days. Uh, and, uh, and so obviously it starts off at 7 a.m. Uh, with EMP uh, this coming Monday. And we'll meet Monday through Saturday. And obviously Sunday uh, we have service. So uh, please come out. Um, what we typically do during this time is we pray corporately, but we also pray individually for our members. And so if you could turn in your prayer requests, uh, and we'll make sure that, that we pray. It's, it's, we, you know, three requests, uh, um, you know, as specific as you want, but, but not too wordy uh, per se. Um, and then uh, we'll make sure that we pray. And we pray for everyone at our church that wants uh, their prayers uh, during that time. So please submit those, those prayer requests um, during that time. Um, and uh, tomorrow there's only one service uh, because of this service, so 1130. And so don't come out to 9 a.m. because uh, only probably the worship team will be here practicing. Uh, and so the rest of you guys, it's at, it's at 11.30 uh, tomorrow during this time. And then towards the fast, I said it in the service. Uh, and so just in case you missed it, I know this year uh, the Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year seems to come quite early. And so it's going to hit towards the end of the fast. And, and this is I mean, just a simple pastoral word, okay? Um, as I shared before, uh, I grew up in a tradition that we didn't really uh, celebrate uh, Lunar New Year as much. And so uh, there's, there's really not much for us as a family. So we're going to continue to fast. 
I know some of you guys, especially, uh, you know, that are Hong Kongers, this is a huge, huge holiday for you, uh, for your family and all those things. And like I shared before, you know, with liberty, right? Uh, uh, don't be legalistic about it. You pray and ask the Lord, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's okay to uh, spend that time and break fast with your family, uh, even before we have broken fast together as a church. Uh, but I think that's something that you just need to pray about and just, you know, just in, in liberty, right? It's for freedom that Christ set us free. And the worst thing that we want to do is be legalistic about it as a church. We will lose any benefit uh, because of our legalism. And so, you know, you just talk to the Lord about it. And, uh, and if he says, yeah, you know, go ahead and break the fast with your family. Uh, go ahead and do that. If you want to continue the fast, uh, we'll finish on Sunday morning on the 22nd. Uh, which will be, um, is it 20, it's 22nd, right? No, 23rd. Right, we'll finish on Monday, uh, 23rd. Uh, and so you can go through then, it, but it's, it's, it's totally up to you. I, we don't want to make it a big issue because Chinese New Year uh, has come early uh, during this time. Okay, amen? All right. Also, I know that in one of the services, Pastor Kenny mentioned that you would get a pen in this service. And so if you want one, it'll be made available to you, okay? Because he, he promised, uh, he told you, and then we kind of switched the gift. And so, but, but I'm mindful that he said uh, he's going to do that. Uh, he's, he's not here. He missed the flight. Uh, uh, so we're actually on different flights. I flew Asiana. He flew Korean Air. He missed the flight. So he's still in Korea right now. And so I think he's coming tomorrow, right? So what's up, Kenny and Jenny? All right, enjoying uh, Korea right now. And so, yeah, so I just want to pick up that slack. Okay, uh, let's turn our Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. So in this service, for everyone here and people joining online, uh, especially for those of you here, afterwards, uh, don't, don't, please don't leave right away. We're going to have a prayer time. And as we've been doing our staff, uh, we want to lay hands on everyone and pray for you and just give you... Uh, what we just sense is the word of the Lord for you uh, for, for this uh, particular year. Uh, and, uh, it's, you know, it's always a, a great time for us to do that. Um, okay, so Numbers uh, chapter 13. This is a story of the spies uh, going out and viewing the land. And so we'll just pick it up uh, at verse 17. And it says, And when Moses sent them to spy out the land, uh, this is Numbers 13, verse 17, and when Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, Go up there to the Negev, then go up into the hill country, and see what the land is like, and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether there are a few or many. And how is the land in which they live? Is it good or bad? How are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or with fortifications? And how is the land? Is it fat or lean? And are there trees in it or not? Make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land. Now the time of the, uh, was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went and spied out the land uh, in, from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob at Labo Hamath. And when they had gone into the Negev, they came to Hebron where Ahinam, Sheshe, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshekol and they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two men with some of the pomegranates and the figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkel because of the cluster which the sons of Israel cut down from there. Verse 25. And when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, 
they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against this people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. And they're also... Uh, we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word today. We thank you for this day. God, this is such a special day, Lord. We live and we're standing in between, God, two years, 22, 2022, 2023. God, and we believe you have a message for us, God, is standing in this place, Lord. So, God, we ask you to speak to us, Lord. Now, to that end, we ask you to release the revelatory ministry of the Holy Spirit in this room. Lord, give us an ear to hear and a heart to receive what the Spirit is saying to each one of us, individually and corporately as a body. Lord, I humble myself today. I ask that you use me to preach your prophetic word with power and authority. Help me, Lord, not just to convey your words, God, but convey your heart. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We love you in this house, God. And in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 Thank you. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Um, I, I, I am pretty much fully recovered uh, from my gallbladder surgery. And I, I just had, honestly, I just had one week where my stomach and everything kind of felt weird. And then, I mean, by the grace of God, uh, just, just, it just left. And so I, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have this kind of weird feeling every time I eat. But it seemed my body had seemed to adjust uh, quite quickly. And so when we were, in, and we, were, so we were in Korea, I know some of you guys messaged me and say, are you okay? Because they thought I was home in bed or something. Uh, but I actually uh, went to Korea for two weeks and spent some time with my dad. And we spent two, two Sundays with uh, SP Korea. I had a wonderful time with the, with the group there. In fact, they're actually online now uh, joining us. So hello, what's up, peoples? Uh, and, uh, and so... Um, uh, and it, I mean, and I, I eat everything. And so my first meal when I got to Korea was samgyeopsal, right? Which is, you know, fried pork belly, which if you know your gallbladder, that's like the worst thing to eat. And so, but it was perfect because I was like, this is a good test for me. And uh, I, I had no issues. And so, I mean, really, uh, praise God, it happened really quick. Um, but if you could pray for me a little bit, I mean, not right today or not now, but uh, I, something happened to my rib uh, this morning when I played basketball and stuff. So I, I got a shoulder, and I'm having a hard time breathing. So hopefully it's not, nothing serious, but yeah, I'd appreciate uh, some prayers for that. But everything is okay. Um, so uh, this service, this time, um, is really a, a time for reflection. Um, when you think about this year, and so I just want us just to just reflect. 
when you think about this year that we had, 2022, are you sad it's over? Or are you glad it's over? I just want to do a little poll, okay? How many of you guys are sad this year is over? Keep, keep it up, keep it up. Three people, four people. How many guys are glad this year's over? Yeah. Other guys don't care. <laughs> it goes. It goes either way. Um, one of one of my uh, friends. He, he's. I guess he's been. He's been asking these people this question for years, and he he says ninety percent of the people that he talks to are glad the year's over. Can you believe that? Ninety percent. Other people are actually uh, quite glad. And, and so it, it kind of, you know, makes me think about uh, this year, what happens. And so when we reflect on this year, are you regretting or are you rejoicing? The choices and decisions that you made in 2022, uh, the circumstances that you found yourself in. In other words, the choices of other people, uh, how does it have an effect on you? Do you regret your actions in 2022? Or do you rejoice because you're really walking in the fruit of your uh, uh, decisions uh, that you've made? This is, this is the time, and, and I, I love this. This is uh, Chuck Swindoll. That's what he says, and he's reflecting on New Year's Eve, okay? And, he's, and he says, he says, standing between two years is a good place to evaluate our lives. Standing between two years is a good place to evaluate our lives. Looking back, we remember the year that has passed, its delights, and disappointments fresh in our memories. Looking around, we see clearly where we are, able to make good choices based on our actual circumstances. And looking ahead, we anticipate another 12 months that hold the possibilities of high hopes and new dreams. Are you guys getting the quote on the screen? No? What happened? Well, I sent it to AV at SPHK.org. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's there. See, this is what happens when Pastor Kenny's gone. <laughs> Josh, it's there, right? Yes. Vindicated. <laughs> All right. They'll, they'll, they'll get on this. And, and it, it does, that's what it does. This, this day and this service is really about that reflection. I, I love the way he says it. We, standing between two years is a good place to evaluate our lives. We think about all the decisions that we made this year. We, we, we evaluate this year in general. And then it, it, it makes us do some. It spurs us to make better decisions coming up, and hopefully as a child of God, there's this hope and anticipation of God's goodness uh, that is possible in the midst of us. And so 
I, want, I just want to just give us some time to do that. Let's just, just, just take a time out as our AV team gets uh, very busy uh, getting the notes on. Right? So don't worry. Take your time. And so let's just close our eyes. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do this. Now let's just think about this year. Think about the stuff that you regret. Think about the stuff that you rejoice in this past year. And just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Even for you guys that are home, just close your eyes and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. It's not to make you feel bad as you, as you look to your regrets and those things. But let the Spirit just really begin to move within us. Where are the areas that you regret? Where are the areas that you rejoice? Hopefully you've been thinking about this. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Right? Just find just find one person. Okay. Someone connect with one person and share. This is a share one thing that you regret and share one thing that you rejoice in. Go ahead, I'll give you a few minutes. It doesn't have to be so serious, but if you want to make it serious, you can. What's one thing you regret and it's one thing you rejoice in? Yeah, if you need to get in a group of three, that's okay too.
I'll give you another minute. Sometimes our regrets and rejoicing is kind of very similar. You know, I was, even when I was up here, I was thinking, I rejoice in the fact that my eldest daughter is going to go to college soon. And she's now hearing back from unis, and, you know, she's grown up to be a very mature young woman. But I also regret the fact that she's going to leave. And I regret not having spent as much time, you know, or more time uh, than I should. So I've, I've been trying, you know, like, you know, I've got a couple of trips coming up, and I'm like, do you want to come with me? She goes, no. And so it's all good, <laughs> right? So I had a few that I thought surely she'd like this. She goes, no, now she, just, she wants to spend time with her friends. And so the spirit of rejection has come upon me during this time. But I'll survive. Um, Remember a few months ago, I asked you this question. Uh, remember, why would God choose you? Do you remember? Why would God choose you? Right? He chose you because he knows you. And if he couldn't use you, he wouldn't choose you. And I asked the question, I said, are you on the team? Right? Are you on God's team or are you on your own team? And then the final question, which really relates to the rest of this message, is this the best that we can do? Is this the best that we can do as a follower of Christ? Is, 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 the, is this the best that we can offer to God? Our heart, our love, our devotion to Him. Is this the best that we can do? Um, tonight, um, I'm going to preach, obviously. I'm, I am preaching. I am preaching. Um, but tomorrow is going to be part two. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of great. It's, it's the, uh, just, uh, you know, back to back. So the title of my message today is Passion for God. And, and I believe that this is, this is what God's really, really called us to uh, more than anything else. You know, and maybe over the, you know, the last uh, few years, maybe we've gotten distracted a little bit. But what God has really called us to is a full-out, 
I mean, just, just everything just poured out to him. It's interesting. You know, when, when, uh, when the Greeks died, and, uh, you know, they never gave obituaries. They, ne- they never came and, and said, this is what this person did, and, and so on and so forth. When they died, they actually only asked one question. And the question was, did he have passion? In other words, did, did, did he live a passionate life? Was there something in his life that he went after, and, and, he, and he did it with all of his heart? Did he have passion? Um, you guys may know uh, uh, Count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf. He is basically the father of the Moravian movement, if you're familiar. Uh, these, these guys are the ones that, that had, uh, you know, in Germany... And, and they, they had a prayer meeting, a continuous prayer meeting that lasted for over a hundred years. Uh, this, this, I mean, th- these guys, the Moravians, were uh, incredibly instrumental in the conversion of John Wesley, who then started the Methodist movement and spread revival throughout the UK and, and throughout America. And, and, and it has such a, a deep impact. In fact, the modern missions movement that we see nowadays can be attributed all the way back to the Moravians uh, that happened there. And, and Zinzendorf, in his biography, he says this. He says, I have but one passion. One passion. It is He. He only. That's all. I have but one passion. And it's the Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of 2023... We can come back to this service that we're going to have. And hopefully, this is, I'm just going to just throw it out there. And hopefully, we won't have to wear masks. Amen? I thought, I thought I'd get a few amens. Come on now, right? You know, then I could finally see your beautiful faces, right, instead of just your eyes. And so, I mean, I mean, I mean already we made some improvement from the year before to this year. We don't have to use our Leave Home Safe app anymore. We're making progress, Hong Kong, right? We're making some progress. I mean, that's amazing. But wouldn't it be great we come back to this place and we can say, I had in 2023, I had only one passion. It is He. He only. Jesus Christ was the reason for my life. It was, he was the guide for my life. He was everything in my life, having a deep, deep passion for God. Only passions, great passions, can elevate the soul to great, great things. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, was known to have stated this thing. He says, if, if a man has nothing to die for, then he's not fit to live. What are you willing to die for? What are you willing to to give your waking hours to if not for the Lord Jesus Christ? A passion for Him. Giving our all for the Lord. Giving everything to the Lord. I was having a a talk uh, with um, uh, an an S-peer. It was part of our church, but but just, just recently moved away. And I was talking with her. And I mean, and she she loves this church, and she we were just having a very, you know, a good honest conversation. And she just said, you know, when I come to church, it just feels different. For whatever reason, it just feels different. 
it doesn't quite have the passion that it used to have. And, you know, I was like, oh, really? And, and I went back, I went home, and I really reflected on it. Obviously, that's one person's reflection. And, but it made me really sad. You know, I mean, it did. It made me really sad. And I just, I just thought about it for a bit. And the, the, re, the reality, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I take whole responsibility or anything like that. But, you know, the reality is I'm the leader of this church and stuff. And so, you know, a lot of things, it flows from the head, it goes down. And so I started investigating, have I lost my passion, you know, for the Lord? You know, have I become distracted in, 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 in many different ways? And, 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 and honestly, I, 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 can't, I can't give you an affirmative answer. I'm still, I'm still wrestling with God, you know, through this. I, I, I definitely feel like I've taken a lot of hits, you know, over, you know, a little period of time. And it's definitely had an effect in some way. And so I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is, basically, is, is the problem with me? You know, is, is this the real reality of our church right now? And so, but it brings me back to, to this message in sharing with us that really our goal, I mean, really what we're trying to do more than anything else is to really raise up people that are just give it all for the Lord. I mean, all or nothing, right? There's no other way to live this Christian life. It's all or nothing. Only passions, great passions can elevate the soul to great things. And, and, and a lot of things need to happen for that place, for this to happen. There was a, a very well-known church leader once uh, uh, made, made this uh, 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 surmise, this idea. And he said, he said, really, he says, the largest gap that exists is, is not between seekers and believers, in other words, like that, you know, the pre-believers, the people that, that have not quite accepted Jesus Christ yet, and those that believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He said that's not the greatest gap. It's not between the seeker and the believer. He says the greatest gap that exists is between the less mature Christians and what he calls the Christ-centered Christians. And so he says there's a huge gap there. He said the less mature uh, believe that God is for me, for my plans. He's, he's for my agenda in this world. But the truly Christ-centered have given up their lives and dreams in complete surrender to Him. This is, this is what we're talking about, a passion for God. And he says this. He's an American guy, so this he says. He says a big honking thing has to happen for a Christian to move from self-centered faith to a Christ-centered faith. And that, that's all we're doing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not denigrating a lesser mature Christian, but what I'm saying is that's not, that's not our destiny. That's not where we're, we're supposed to be fully devoted followers of Christ. That's where we're going. That's where this church is going in this way. And so as, as we look at at, at 2023, as we stand in the precipice of two years, how do we get to the other side? And, and, or, or the question I ask is, well, how do we get to the promised land? So if we, want to, if we want to come back to this a year later in December 31, 2023, 
how can we get to this promised land and say, He is my only passion, Him only, my sole agenda is Jesus Christ and nothing else. And and I I was just really inspired by uh, the story of Joshua and Caleb. So I'm just going to use this kind of as a backdrop uh, to go into this. So we read Numbers 13. I have four simple points today, okay? And then we're just going to come and lay hands and, 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 and pray for people. Number one. This is how we get to the other side. This is how we get to the promised land in 2023. Trust in God and His wisdom. Just trust in God and His wisdom. We read this passage, the spies were sent out. But unfortunately, a bad report uh, comes back. I want you to know that actually the whole process was flawed from the beginning. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1, 22. Moses is explaining uh, the history of Israel, and he gets to this point. Look, this, this is interesting. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 22, look what Moses says. He says, Then all of you approached me. He's talking to the Israelites. He says, Then all of you approached me and said, Let us send men before us, that they may search out the land for us and bring back to us word of the way by which we should go up and the cities which we shall enter. Did you catch that? Look, he says, Then all of you, the Israelites, the leaders of Israel, you said, Hey, God said, let's go inhabit the land. But the, the men, these guys, the leaders said, Hey, Let's go and send out a crew to spy out the land, right? And let them bring back word for us which way should we go up and the cities we should, that we should enter. So let me ask you, whose initiative was it to send the spies? Was it God's initiative or was it man's initiative? It was man's. Now, we have to be, we have to be honest and say Numbers 13, though, it, it, it says, in verse 1, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourselves men, so they may spy out the land of Canaan. And so God had seemed to give tacit approval to this plan, but it wasn't His idea. That wasn't plan A, plan B. These guys, I'll say it this way, God sent them out to test them. To see what was in their heart, but that wasn't the really or, the original plan. And and you can, you can let me just try to explain this a little bit, right? Moses tells us it was the people's initiative, brothers and sisters. This bad report that came back was the fruit of their unbelief. Sometimes it just is not going to make sense. Listen, sending out the spies, prudent could even be considered common sense. And if you read the way Moses describes what they should do, he's, he's looking at it in a military fashion. You know, are the cities fortified? You know, what are the best routes to go in? You know, uh, 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 you know, I mean, what, you know, what's in the land to begin with? Actually, a lot of these things, like he asked the question, is it good land or is it not? It's kind of not a very good question. You know why? God already told him it was a good land. That 
unbelief that and this is this is this is where it's going to get tricky for us at times it's that unbelief that's shrouded in common sense it's that unbelief that that that's shrouded in being prudent it, it's, it's, it's that unbelief that's shrouded in being knowledgeable in that way and so but but when we decide to do things right in man's way it's going to lead us to a place of difficulty where the bad report can happen i think god let them do that it's kind of like romans you know when it says god just gave them over you want to do this okay you do that but now this is becomes a test for them in that way you know they they would not take god's word that it was a good he told them this is a good land this land is flowing with milk and honey and they they could not believe that word and they couldn't believe they could take possession of this land. Think, and think about how ludicrous that is. Because, listen, I mean, we could, I mean, listen, I do sympathize with them. But at the same time, I didn't walk under the, the pillar of cloud. I didn't walk under the, the pillar of fire. I didn't have water just come out of a rock. You know what I mean? I mean, all these incredible things. I didn't see, you know, manna, bread, sweet bread coming down from heaven every single day. And so this God that had provided for them, I, 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 you know, I didn't wear the same shoes for 40 years. You know what I mean? You know, where, where they just didn't run out and it didn't rot and it didn't break or any of these things. I mean, it's crazy when you think this. And that God, they didn't trust. That God that showed himself every... <coughs> Sorry, every single day, they couldn't trust that God. They couldn't trust the God that led them, that kept them warm, that showed them, that shaded them from the sun. And they said, he says, I'm going to send you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And he said, well, let's send out the spies first. Let's go check out the land. It just seemed so prudent, didn't it? But it wasn't the case at all. The God who provided them supernaturally with manna, quail, water, for whatever reason, could not be trusted. Think about this. So absurd for them to send out the spies when God had already spied out the land for them. And God said, this is good land. Right? This, 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 you know, and just go occupy this land. And they said, well, Lord, uh, let's just send them out. Let's just see if this is really the case or not. And in essence, well, I didn't say all of them, but if the ten of them fail the test. 1 Corinthians, let me give you the New Testament verse. 1 Corinthians 3.19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. You know, like, like we read that verse and we kind of believe it, but then we kind of don't. Because we think like, God, you gave me an intellect, you know, and, and I can, we can figure this out. And it just, it's, I mean, it's just so right in our face. The wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is, this is the test. It, and, and, and trust me, it's going to get tricky at times. It's going to seem like common sense. It's going to seem prudent. But God said. God 
said something to us. And we got to follow that voice, even if it seems nonsensical to us. We got to follow the voice of God. That's how we get into the promised land. That's how we get to the other side. Brothers and sisters, think about this. We may ruin ourselves by giving more credit to the reports, by giving more credit to the representations of our senses than the divine revelation. What we need to do, we need to seek God. We need to seek God. And we need to seek God in such a way where we have no will of our own. So, so, so that we're not confuse, confusing ourselves with our will and God's. We need to get so intimate with God that we recognize his voice. And then what he says, we obey. No matter how crazy it seems, we obey. Why? Because the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. See, the Israelites, God said, this is a good land flowing with milk and honey, and they failed the test of faith. What is faith, right? Remember, faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So it says we walk by faith and not by sight. What did they want to do? They wanted to see it first, and they failed the test of faith. See? But... Again, it's prudent to do that. It's common sense for that to happen. But it was faithless. And they suffered consequences as a result of this. Brothers and sisters, we walk by faith and not by what's prudent. Not by what's common. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Being prudent and having common sense is not the enemy of God's wisdom either. We're clear on that, right? So just don't do the craziest thing. You know, it's like, oh, this is crazy. It must be God. No, it doesn't work like that either. And this, I mean, this, is, this, this is important that we, we grasp this, okay? It, but it comes down to what did God say? What's the revelation? And then we obey that revelation. And we walk in faith and not by sight. And so how do we get to the promised land? How do we get to that place? Passion for God. Trust in God. Remember uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord, right? Do not lean on your own understanding, on your common sense and all this, right? Don't, don't lean on the trust. Now, it's, not, it's not necessarily the enemy of that either, but trust in the Lord, right? Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. That's what we want to go after. You got to trust in God and trust in his wisdom. And if I could add, and we make faithful, full of faith decisions. And brothers and sisters, God will bless you. Right? God will bless you. Remember Jesus says, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Faith is one of the most beautiful commodities that we can offer to our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, number two, number two. Stand up for the Lord even if no one stands with you. Stand up for the Lord even if no one stands with you. 
In Numbers 13, verse 30, it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, No, we should surely by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Remember, these guys came back with this report, and they said, no, we can do it. Come on, let's go after this thing. And Caleb said, and he says something pretty, pretty incredible. He says, let's go and take possession. Uh, he didn't say, let's go and steal it. You know what I mean? He, he, he didn't say, let, let, let's, let's go and, and take it uh, in an in unlawful way, or this way. The Hebrew word, it means... Uh, uh, one of the definitions, it means to inherit, right? It's to occupy, but the, the word means to inherit. And so the word really uh, has a connotation of this legal sense of becoming an heir. An heir, uh, an heir inherits something. And so, uh, and, and so what, 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 what Caleb was saying, he was saying, this land is my land. This land is your land. I, it sounds like an American song, right? Uh, <laughs> this land, you guys know, this land is my land, this land is your land, uh, in any case. And so, but it says, this land belongs to us. That, that, that's, 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 that's what this land is really all about. And he says, let's take possession. This is our inheritance. Why? Because God has a covenant relationship with the Israelites. And so this belongs to us. And so let's go take possession of it. Caleb was saying that it was their land. They didn't have to steal it, right? They just had to occupy it. And in fact, in the Exodus passages, God tells them, I'm going to send my angel before you, and he's going to do the work. And you just have to, basically, you just need to show up. It's one of those, just come and show up, and my angel is going to take care of this for you. You need to come and occupy this land. Take possession of the land. The land, And then verse 31 it says, But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people. They are too strong for us. There was, there's opposition to this faithful charge that, that Joshua and Caleb uh, present uh, to the people there. And they said they're too strong. It, this, it, this is also interesting. The Hebrew word that's used here has this is a sense, this broad sense of violence. So, so when they're saying too strong, they're basically mean these guys are deadly violent. It's interesting though. This you this word is used 57 times in the Old Testament. Okay. 23 of those times, just about half of these times, it's used, it's to refer to. Uh, to God's strong hand. So half the time this, 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 this word is used, it's actually about God. And so what these guys were saying basically, were saying that these guys are stronger than God. Ouch. And yet in the midst of this unbelief, Joshua, Caleb says, no, we can do this thing. Let's take this land. You know, they, they give a bad report. Actually, the word could be better. Said, they give an evil report. And think about this. And this is going to happen. Some saw giants. Some saw grasshoppers. Two people saw God. 
Some saw giants. In other words, they said, those guys are huge. We, I mean, we can't mess with those guys. They're, those guys are huge. And so it was an outward, like, no, they're too strong for us. And then, and then they said, and we're like grasshoppers. Not only they're big, we're this tall little, tiny little thing. Right? We can't do anything. And only two people, some saw giants, some saw grasshoppers, two people saw God. Brothers and sisters, you're going to have moments in this coming year where you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand up for God. You're going to have to stand up for yourselves. And everyone else around you is going to say, you're wrong. Right? No, this is not it. But you have the word of the Lord inside of you. Right? Stand up for the Lord even if no one else stands with you. This is important. These, these moments are coming. How do you get to the promised land? It's this resilience to stand no matter what. To see God in the midst of it. When discouragement comes our way, when obstacles come our way, when, when all kinds of people say all kinds of different things, it's in that moment that you stand for the Lord. Regardless, it, it, right? You don't listen. In, in this day and age, everyone is looking for consensus. It's great when we have it. It's great when we have it. But, you know, you plus God equals a majority. That's the reality. You plus God equals a majority. Sometimes you have to stand on your own. It's, it's important. Sometimes, listen, reality, sometimes you're going to take a hit. You know, in this, I, I, I'll just be very frank and very honest. You know, during, during this season uh, that, that we've just had as a church, there were decisions uh, that were made, you know, that, that I made, decisions that I made. And I knew, I, first of all, I knew this was the right decision to make. There's no, there's no doubt about it. This is not just the word of the Lord, but this is just the right decision to make. But I know that if I make this decision, it's going to be very unpopular. I'm going to take a hit. I just knew it. And so, you know, I'm in my prayer closet and say, you know, can, Lord, can we just let this go? No, we can't. We just can't let it go. Right? That, that's, 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 our, that's our fortitude, you know, that we have. That's, it, in some ways, it's your integrity that's on the line as well. And so, you know, so I, I made some decisions. And, of course, I got blasted by certain groups of people. But it was the right decision to make. And, and, it's, it's, and it's interesting because then I had, I had friends, you know, people that, that you know, love me. And, you know, and, and they said, hey, couldn't you just let it go? Couldn't you just let it go? And I thought about it for a long time. I did. I prayed about it. I thought about it for a long time. And you know what my conclusion was? You know, I, I, I don't think I've ever shared this, you know, uh, in a public way. You know what my conclusion was? It's really simple. That's why I'm your leader. That's why I'm your leader above anything else, right? Because the reality is, and, ho and hopefully, right, you know, no one gets it right all the time, right? You know, and I'll be, I'll be the first one to raise my hand in this way. But hopefully that, that I'm a person, that your leader, whoever, you're, it could be a house leader or whatever, is a person, is a man or woman of conviction 
and will do the right thing even if it seems unpopular with people. When I reflected on that, I realized I think that's why I'm the senior pastor of this church. Right? Sometimes these decisions need to be made in this way. No one else is going to stand with you at times. But it's the right thing to do. It's the godly thing to do. It's the biblical thing to do. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have moments in 2023 where you may step into a similar situation that you're going to have to make decisions and it may be unpopular with people. But, but I don't know. I mean, I think we're kind of on the same page in this way. We, did become, we did, definitely didn't become Christians become popular. If you didn't realize, we're really unpopular in the world. Like, really unpopular. You know, like I don't think we came into this thing to become popular. Right? And, and so we're, we came into this thing to follow the Lord and to follow the deep convictions that God has given to us as a church, you know, as, as a, a, a family of God, uh, as a family of churches. And I, I think it's important. And so you're going you're gonna to have moments and you've got to follow the Lord. You have to be willing at times to stand on your own. Remember, you and God are a majority. Remember that. I mean, I, 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 want, I want this truth to sink deep within because I'm telling you, you're gonna ha- there's going to be moments this next year where that happens. You could be hap- it could be something at your work, you know, and, and you know, everyone else is saying, hey, just cut the corner. Everyone does it. It's an industry standard. But you know it's not right. You know it's, 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 it's too gray, right, you know, bordering on black. And so that's not something that you want to do. And so you need to stand up for your convictions. And you may be criticized for those convictions. But brothers and sisters, how do you get to that promised land? You stand. You stand. And trust me, in time, the Lord will vindicate you. All right? Listen. I mean, look, look, look at, you know, we go back to the Joshua and Caleb story, right? Some said that they're too powerful, they're too, and we're too weak, right? But only Joshua and Caleb saw the Lord in the whole thing. Think, think about this. God said, now, now think about the test that happens when they come back. God said the land flow with milk and honey. They bring back evidence. Now they saw it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that. They said... They took one cluster of grapes, and it took two men to carry it. <laughs> Those are some big grapes, man, right? That two men had to carry one cluster of grapes. These were like bionic grapes, you know? These were massive. You know, they're, they're probably like apples, uh, this, this size and heavy. Can you imagine how juicy these grapes were? I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you've seen like, like super fruit. I've had super fruit before. And so when my, my parents were in Uzbekistan. And, and so Uzbekistan has this certain land which is so fertile. That's why the Russians w- would grow a, a lot of uh, things in Uzbekistan. But Uzbekistan makes the most amazing melons. I'm serious. Watermelons, you know, they call it arbus. Watermelons and rock, rock melons. It's, it's like you know, the, the watermelons, first of all, it's like we used to carry it like this, 
huge. It costs $1. Huge watermelon like this. And they just sell on the streets. You cut this open, I, I challenge you. I'm serious. I challenge you to not get your whole mouth, your chin, and your arms dripping wet with the juices of the watermelon. And then the rock melon as well. My goodness, you just taste it. And it's just because there's so much juice. I mean, that, that still exists today. But can you imagine what these grapes were like back then? It's, it's, it's kind of amazing when you think about this. They see the evidence of that. And, in, and think about this. Instead of confirming the word, you know what happens? They rebelled against it. Now they actually saw the evidence of it. And so God said, it's land flowing with milk and honey. They said, yeah, 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 that's true. But, and they rebelled. It's going to happen at times. Number three. I've got to speed this up, man. It's almost New Year's. Sorry, guys. Number three, right? I, th- I thought I'd give plenty of time, you know, before. Number three, not trusting God has consequences. Not trusting God has consequences. We go to chapter 14, verse 1. It says, Then all the congregation lit up, lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Unbelief, distrust of God is a sin that has its own punishment, restlessness, tears, pain, turmoil, no peace. Those that do not trust the Lord are continually frustrating themselves. 2 Corinthians 7, Paul says this in verse 10, the second part. He says, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Unbelief, distrust, there's consequences. Pain. These guys were weeping. They cried. They wept all night long. There was no rest for them in this way. Isn't that interesting where the writer of Hebrews says that their unbelief, Cause them not to enter into rest. Unbelief makes you restless. Think about that. Numbers 14.2, follow along. And then all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. You know what happens? This is, this is the progression of unbelief, distrust. What happens next? Not only do you get restless, complaining starts. Grumbling, murmurings, all kinds of things. Jealousies, discontent. All these things spread like wildfire. Right? Brothers and sisters, complaining is contagious. Complaining, gossip, all these things They're contagious. When we complain and when we get a complaining spirit, what we're saying is that God made a mistake. Lord, you messed up in some way. And so we start complaining away. Here's here's a quote. Where complaining exists, 
thanksgiving is missing. You could either be thanking or complaining and grumbling. You can't do it both at the same time. Right? Where complaining exists, thanksgiving is missing. Let's think about this. The glory of God falls because God, he's dealing with this, right? Because not trusting the, the Lord has consequences. Uh, um, God is angry. Moses intercedes. God forgives them, but there's consequences. We see this in verse 22 and 23. He says, surely all the men who have seen my glory, my signs, which I performed in Egypt, in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these, these then, uh, times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor uh, shall uh, any of those who spurn me see it. There's consequences. These guys didn't get into the land. Forty years they wandered in the wilderness. Why 40 years? Because God had to remove a generation of unbelief. Sin costs. Unbelief costs. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, we, we, I, I've made this trip many times, traveling uh, from uh, uh, Israel to Egypt and back. Tell you, right, from Sinai, it's miserable, man. It is a miserable trip. One of the worst trips I it was actually the first the first year uh, that I, that we took a team it was it was it was me remember Hige me Hige and John Kang we actually saw Hige you know we had we had a five hour lunch with him and his family we had a wonderful time in, in so he's visiting his family there and so we went on this vision trip and uh, we we landed into Cairo and we took a bus from Cairo to Mount Sinai and it was one of the most miserable experiences I've ever had in my whole life. It seemed like we just were picking up people, we're, we're picking up, you know, chickens. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy, this bus ride. And, and uh, I mean, you, you just look at nothingness, you know, for hours and hours, you know, out there in the heat. I mean, it's just, it just horrible. These guys wandered for 40 years in that wilderness. <laughs> you know what it taught me? I mean, because I've been on this ride many, many times now. Every time I'm on the, on, on the road, I think about the Israelites wandering, and I just think, just obey God, right? <laughs> Sam, just obey God, okay? You know, what did God tell you? Just obey Him, right? Don't wander in circles. Just obey the Lord and obey the Lord quickly. Turn to your neighbor. Say, hey, good looking, right? Just obey the Lord quickly. My, my seminary professor told me this. You know, Robert Clinton, Dr. Robert Clinton, and he said, delayed obedience is disobedience. I had never heard that before. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So obey quickly. Because not trusting has consequences. And the last one, number four, we're going to make it, we're going to make it, number four. Whatever you do, do it with everything. Go all out. Do it all the way. So we'll pick up verse 24, Numbers 14, 24. He says, but my servant Caleb, right, all the Calebs that are here, I want you to know your parents gave you a great name. This, I love this Caleb, right? All the Calebs, there's a few of you in here. Tell you, call your parents tomorrow and say, mom, dad, great name, Okay. 
my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. And he says, Caleb, he followed me fully. He says he has a different spirit. The word is ruach, which is it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working inside of Caleb so powerfully. There's, it's like he's, he's different. There's something different about him because Caleb followed God fully, all out. Caleb held nothing back. And what happened? He received a great reward. Remember I said in the beginning, right, regret or rejoicing and reward. Caleb, no regret, man. He, was, he went all out. He gave God everything, and he got an inheritance. So I want you to hear from Caleb's words now. Turn to Joshua chapter 14. Sorry, it's not, it's not up there. Joshua chapter 14. So he says, Caleb, he's got a different spirit. He's a different kind of dude, man. And so, so Joshua 14, we're going to pick it up from verse 6. He says, Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out, spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But look what he says. But I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have Follow the Lord my God fully. And now, behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these 45 years, from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I'm 85 years old today. Look at this, verse 11. This, is, this gives me such great encouragement. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then... So my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Isn't that amazing? Right? I mean, Caleb says, I was as strong as an ox back then. I'm strong as an ox right now. I can still go to war. I can, you know, as an older, you know, I'm older than you guys, some of you guys. That gives me great encouragement. It's incredible. This is, you know, like, like, like we think, man, if I really follow the Lord with everything, I might miss out on something. 
Didn't you think like that? I, you, know, you know, like it took me a long time to become a Christian. You know why? Because I felt like if I really serve the Lord, I'm going to miss out on living life. I used to think like that. And, and I mean, it really delayed my salvation experience. And so I just thought, oh, I'm going to miss out. I won't, what I used to say is, I won't have fun, whatever that fun is. But I just knew I wouldn't have fun. And here's Caleb says, no, man, I fully follow the Lord. And that was 40 years ago, that, you know, when that happened. And man, I am still as strong as I was 40 years ago then. He's lived a full life with many sons, many daughters, and God gave him this inheritance. Whatever you do, this is how you get into the promised land, right? Whatever you do, we come, like I said, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm preaching today actually for next year. We're going to come back to this in 20, at the end of 2023. And we want to say, man, we had a, I, had, I just gave my all. I, 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 I just had a passion for God. He is my sole passion, only He. Where the Spirit is trying to set you up for that encounter. It's going to get tough at times. You're going to have to stand on your own in, in different times. But man, be faithful. Choose the path of faith. Get close to Him. Hear His voice. And isn't it, I mean, isn't it interesting? And the Lord says, let me, let me help you do that. Right? Monday, let's start fasting. Let's get together as a, as a body, as a family. And let's, let's lay down the legitimate pleasures of this world for the extreme pleasures of knowing God. Let's jumpstart into this year of fully following the Lord. Brothers and sisters, your inheritance is waiting for you. The reward of God. And now I'm not talking about jobs and riches. I'm talking about the reward of intimacy, the reward of closeness, the reward of, of and I just, I just think of, and the, the, the picture for me, I believe this year, this is just for me personally, is, is John the Beloved uh, resting his head on Jesus' chest. To, to me, that, that's, 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 that's just what I want to do this year. I just want to get into a place where I, I can just rest uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know what picture God has given to you. That's our valued reward. Just that closeness and that intimacy, the nearness and dearness of our heart being tied to the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look forward to New Year's Eve service in 2023, we look, will we look forward to a reward or will we look forward to a regret? It's going to be based on the decisions that we make from this day out. Let's make quality decisions. Let's make faith-filled decisions. Let's put Jesus Christ at the center Let's make Jesus Christ the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, sixth, right, uh, uh, um, of our life, priority of our life. And if you do that, you're going to have the most amazing year. I mean, I, I can I invite the worship team, Pastor Nate, can you come? Here's, 
I mean, I hate to end with, with a, a bummer note, but it's just, this verse is really... There's a story of a king. His name is Amaziah. This is Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse 2. This is, this is crazy. This is what he says. He did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with the whole heart. I'm afraid that many of us this year, we're going to do Christian stuff. You're going to come to church. You know, you're going to go to house church. You know, come out to the retreat. You know, you're going to serve. You know, you're going to do different things, which is, which is great. I mean, incredible, fantastic. But look, it says, Amaziah, he did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with the whole heart. He did a, it was a little different than, than Caleb. Caleb fully followed the Lord. Caleb gave his whole heart. He didn't hold anything back. SP, as we look forward to 2023, can we not hold anything back from the Lord who held nothing back from us? Can we give him our everything? Can we lay our jobs, our careers, our finances, our relationships, our kids, our spouses? Can we lay it at the altar before the Lord and say, Lord, those things don't dominate my life. My work doesn't dominate my life. I'm going to be busy at work. I'm going to do my best, but it's not the first priority. My kids, as beautiful as they are and the gift of God that you've given to, they're not my priority. My spouse who you've given me or my boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm so grateful, Lord. They're wonderful, but they're not my priority. Lord, you are. Tonight, as we pray, can we offer, can we lay these things on the sacrifice, the altar of sacrifice? And we say, Lord, you are our everything. Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in myself. I thought for sure I'd finish a quarter till. That was my that was my plan. Next time, next year, I have another shot. 2023. Let's close our eyes. Is this the best we can do? Is this the best that we can do? Jesus Christ deserves nothing less than our very best. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Stand firm. Let's cross over. A passion for God. ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us right now, stirring our passion for the Lord. Say, Lord, how can I stir a passion for you? I should say this 
early in the life of our church, there are two pearls that Jesus Christ gives the church. The first is a passion for himself. You can only get that from him. You can't make it up. You have to go to the well. You have to go to the source. That's his gift to us. He gives us a passion for himself. He also gives us the ability to feel and receive his affection. Two pearls that he gives the church. A passion for himself and the ability to feel and receive his affection. Until you feel that affection, it'll be very difficult for you to give yourself fully to the Lord. And that's why we want to pray for you tonight. So Pina, can you just lead us? And let's just stay in this place in the spirit. decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning Though none go with me, though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. Turning, though none go with me, though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. Turning back, sing everything, everything, all I am and all I have to bring. I will give to you my everything, all I am. All I am and all I 
before the Lord. Let's surrender. Let's give it all to Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's start from the top. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Sing the cross before me, the cross before the world behind, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind. turning back, no turning back, though none go with me, though none go with me, I still will follow, though none go with me, I still will follow, though none go 
Jesus, everything. this year, Lord, in this house, God, you would raise up warrior princes and princesses, God, warriors of worship, God, warrior poets, Lord. Would you raise up a people, Lord God, that are solely committed to you, Lord God, Lord, that excel in the home, that excel in the marketplace, God, that excel at relationships and all these things, God, but the core of it, the the foundation, the heart, God is a people fully devoted to you. Would you raise up this generation, God? Would you raise up here in this very important city, Lord God? Would you raise up people that are just madly, madly, madly in love with you, God? Lord, love covers a multitude of sins, God. Love changes the world. Your love changed the world, God. Would you raise in this house, Lord, a people passionate 
for your name, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Let it start right now, God. God, let this passion for you inform the decisions that we make, the choices that we make every single day, the attitudes that we carry, God. Help us to be a people, God, that are thankful, not complaining and grumbling, God. Help us to be a people of faith, Lord. We thank you, God. We love you. Watch over us this year, God. Help us to fully follow the Lord our God. We thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We bless you. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, shalom, from this day forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're not done yet. We want to, as a, as a, a pastoral staff, we want to bless you. And we want to just pray over you uh, for this year. And so... Uh, there's a, a few, bunch of us, we're going to be standing in the front. If you have to leave, uh, we totally understand that, so please take a gift. Make sure you choose the right size, uh, and, and you can uh, go off and you know get, go home safely and all these things. Uh, but if you want to come and just stand in front of one of our, in fact, can we get our staff up here in the front? And we just want to lay hands on you, you know, with our masks on, don't worry. And, and we just want to bless you and just pray for you and cover you. And so feel free to do that. We're just going to turn on uh, some music, right? So we want you guys involved as well. And so can I, have, can I have our staff come up to the front? Spread out here a bit. And we're just going to cover. We're just going to pray for you guys. Why don't you guys spread out? We'll turn on some Spotify. And, but also, I want to encourage you guys as well, as the Lord leads, go in and lay hands and pray for someone, right? And just bless them as we come into this new year. So you can spread out a little bit here, okay? And why don't we come, just stand in front of any of them, the, all of them, equally powerful and gifted, and we'll just cover and pray for you guys.